Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today. As you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future, hopefully you are eliminating any and all downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So welcome to episode number 88. Have a great guest today, Isaac Lidsky. Man's story is amazing, amazing story. Um, and I'll get to that here in a minute. want to say thank you to all of you faithful listeners. The, um, the listening has been great. The downloads have been great. And I just can't thank you enough. Continue to share it with your friends. Um, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and like it. And please rate and review the show. That would be great. I would really, really appreciate it. As I do appreciate all of those who are currently doing it. But let's keep going. Um, go to the website if you get a chance, uphillconversations.co. You can find all of the social channels there where we live out there in the interwebs in that world. Um, if you know someone that would be a great guest or make a great guest on the show and have some great conversations that could add to the journey of our listeners and be a great ride-along partner, Please uh, click on um, the guest submission form, uh, put their name in there, or put your name in there, and uh, just fill out that information, have a look-see at it, and we will get back to you and see about getting you on the show. Um, Also, don't forget, on Mondays, one of my new things that I've been doing, TGIM, thank God it's Monday, and I make a snippet video to inspire and motivate you as you go into your week so that you can have a great, great week full of inspiration and motivation, Um, and hopefully just something you could pass along to others as you are in your journey toward the things that you would like to see manifest in your life and in your world. You can find it at YouTube. All you have to do is go to YouTube and type in Uphill Strategies in the search bar. You'll see it. Click on the channel and choose the um, playlist TGIM. It'll be there. Also, if you'd like to learn more about what I do in my world, which I coach every day, I'm a coach, 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 and I love it. And uh, you can go to uphillstrategies.co. So, hey, uh, I'm going to tell you this quick little story. There's this old man, and he's sleeping in a chair, and uh, he sleeps really hard, and he's just out. He just he just sleeps. He's all, He's one of those, he's not a light sleeper at all. So his grandkids um, see him sleeping, and so they decide to go in the refrigerator, and they pull out some Limburger cheese, which doesn't smell too good, and they go over to him, and they wipe it in his mustache while he's sleeping. And then they hide just so they could see what he'll do or how he'll react when he wakes up. So eventually he starts waking up, and he starts sniffing. He's like, what's that smell? What's that smell? And he stands up, he's like, something stinks. So he goes into another room, smells, and he's like, oh my gosh, this room stinks. And then he goes in another room, and it stinks in here too. So he's like, man, I need some fresh air. So he goes outside, opens the front door, steps out, you know, he steps out outside and takes a big, deep breath and breathes in. And he's like, oh my gosh, it stinks out here too. The whole world stinks. And um, so anyways, the simple solution to that is some soap and water, and you can take care of that problem. Well, a lot of stuff in us sometimes just stinks, right? Uh, we all have it. We all have stinky stuff, right? We all have our little bit of internal Limburger cheese that we need to be working on. Um, and so the guest today, he is an amazing man. Um, I had a great conversation with him. Um, again, his name is Isaac Lidsky. He has an incredible book, which we will be giving away. Um, I have now six different titles that we're going to do just a push of all giveaways of all these books by authors. But the um, the book's called Eyes Wide Open. What's interesting is um, Isaac is blind, um, and he's done a great TED Talk. Um, he speaks all over the world. 
And uh, But the book is not about blindness. It's about overcoming obstacles and recognizing opportunities in a world that can't see. Um, and I just was so moved by the conversation because everything he talks about is on the inside. And as I said, we talk about the book, but we talk about so many other things and how they relate to him and what he has learned from being blind. Um, so this book that we do discuss when we talk about it and the things that we're talking about, it's not about sight or blindness. It's about vision. It's about our perspectives or our perspectives are limited by our past experiences, biases, and emotions. And so um, um, Isaac shows us how to confront paralyzing fears and challenge our own assumptions and faulty leaps of logic and silence our inner critic and harness, harness our strength and live with open hearts and minds. So he shares some hard-won insights in this interview. I do believe that you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. So without any further delay, let's jump into this interview with Isaac Litsky. How are things going in your world? Phenomenal. Life is great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, why don't you do me a favor, let our um, listeners know a little bit about you, your background, and what you're currently doing and how you're showing up in the world. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I, I've been blessed to have a lot of different experiences in my life. Some pretty cool, some pretty cool experiences. I, I was a childhood actor growing up and uh, studied math, computer science, re, uh, did a internet advertising technology startup in the late nineties and then went to law school and had some really cool experiences in law working for the justice department and a couple of us Supreme court, uh, justices. And then I got back into business in 2011. And so it's been a really cool uh, experience along the way. I lost my sight to a, uh, blinding eye disease. So uh, I was diagnosed when I was 13 years old and, uh, sort of slowly lost my sight by the time I was about 25. Um, uh, you know, I was essentially completely blind. Uh, and, you know, at first that was obviously a, a difficult and challenging, uh, you know, experience and, and, and terrifying. Uh, but uh, over time and in, in a remarkable way, uh, it actually it turned out to be one of the one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, you know, in all sincerity, it, it really gave me profound insights into the way the human mind works. Um, and with those insights, I've, I've been able to build a very blessed life for myself. And so, um, a couple of years ago, I guess I, I sort of took some time away from my professional work to, to write a book, to you know, describe my vision and explain my philosophy and, and share it with, with the world in the hopes that, uh, you know, it'll add value for, for others. So uh, that book is called eyes wide open and it's been out uh, just about a year. And I am blessed to now have a copy of it. And uh, as we were saying in the pre-chat, and I cannot wait to read it because just uh, what I got out of it and reading about the book, I was just like, man, this is so rich. Let, I want to go back to something that you said, and I love that mm. most people, you know, I let them know that your current condition does not match your emerging future. And too many people are trying to live their life based on past experience, which I know that our past is our past and it's happened. It's a part of us, but it's what you do with it and how you move forward and how can you now work with it instead of saying what you don't have, what do you have? And I love the words you chose. You chose insights. You said that it was losing your sight was actually turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened because of insight. And I know a lot of people, they'll fill their head with knowledge and information, but you never see any impact moments and you don't see many movements out of it. Right. What, what, what for you separates insight from just having information and, and just knowledge? Well, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's like the old, um, you know, it's like the old adage, uh, knowledge is knowing, uh, that, you know, a tomato's fruit, but, uh, you know, insider wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it's it's kind of you know, information is is information, and uh, it can be powerful. It can be powerfully positive. It can be powerfully destructive. Uh, so I guess I would say the bridge sort of between sort of knowledge and insider experiences, uh, you know, is sort of uh, purpose or application uh, of of uh, you know of information, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if you know Nick Vujicic. Do you know who he is? 
That name sounds very familiar. Yeah, he's a, he has a he has a ministry and stuff, and he has something called Life Without Limbs. And uh-huh. literally, he was born with no arms and no legs. And the guy, you'll see him swimming in the ocean, all kinds of stuff. He's a great speaker, and uh, and there's nothing stopping that guy. And one of the most powerful things, you know, that you know you can see from him is just the confidence at which he works with what you know with what's with what's missing or quote unquote missing to the point where you don't even know it's missing and how do you help people you know get a different perspective and point of view um obviously a disability is one thing or something that you um that could be you know severe a severe accident or something could happen in your life cataclysmic however what about just the pieces of life in our daily life how do you help people like really get to the point where they say you know, what am I focusing on? You know, why, you know, instead of putting my mind on this, how do I get my, my mind to shift away from this, this, this thing that I feel always makes me feel like I'm less than limited and it's constantly judging me, putting me down and, and it's my inner critic. Yeah. You know, um, there, there's a lot there, uh, you know, to, to begin, you know, you mentioned disability. I, I, you know, I firmly believe, in a sense, really, in every sense, we're 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 all disabled, right? I mean, disability yes. is some uh, condition, perceived or otherwise, critically, yes. right? It, it can it can be totally imagined uh, that you know because of societal attitudes or because of physical limitations, you know, sort of creates an adverse impact. Well, we're all disabled, right? We all have our self-limiting assumptions that we tell ourselves. We perpetuate our insecurities and vanities. Uh, we misperceive things like success and value. We misperceive luck in life and um, you know, and we all have our, our challenges, whether it's, you know, blindness or it's losing a job or, you know, losing a, a, a spouse or you know, any number of things. So it, it's the human condition to face, uh, adversity, to face challenge, uh, external and, and that which we manufacture in our own minds. For me at the sort of core of my, you know, eyes wide open vision or philosophy on life is, is a certainty that, uh, you know, in every moment, whether we, whether we realize it or not, and whether we like it or not, we are really creating the reality we experience, right? Like, uh, the circumstances that you confront in your life, uh, they don't dictate, uh, the life you experience, right? Life is not happening to you. You, you how those circumstances manifest themselves, uh, in your life, in, in the reality you experience that is entirely within your control. Right. Uh, and uh, it, again, it's not always obvious that that's true, and it, it's kind of it can be hard to get there. I I work very hard every day to to remind myself of that fact and to sort of live that fact. Once you get there, however, uh, it's awesome and it's empowering and it's liberating because you realize that a lot of what's going on in your mind, uh, you know, your your the the brain is an amazing thing, and you convince yourself that all these narratives, all these assumptions, uh, you know, all these beliefs. You can convince yourself that they're uh, objective truth, that they're immutable, external uh, conditions that are, you know, beyond your control. Uh, and in my experience, very, very little, uh, very, very little of life from thoughts, emotions, uh, uh, relationships, you know, is, is beyond our control. Really, it's up to us uh, to determine how we want to live and who we want to be. Wow, that's great. You know, I like to tell people the fact is, you know, these are facts. Like this has happened. <laughs> this did take place, you know. But the truth is, because we do have a magnificent brain. I feel like we have been blessed with, you know, neuroplasticity. We have the ability to see this rewiring happen. But we've got to stop listening to, you know, Seth Godin likes to say the lizard brain, you know, the lower brain yeah. that's just yeah. like a machine just pumping this garbage out to us, which makes us feel like we're living a life with this, you know, it's, we're saying our truth is objective and it's not, it's actually subjective because the subjective part is the fact that you still can decide and act differently. Um, in, in your point of view in how people see the world, right. Um, and how their maybe let's just say their, their life, their upbringing was not one that was very stellar. Like some people, um, you know, I've even seen people with the best, you know, possible circumstances to grow up in, and they still seem to end up in a place of misery. And they're in a, in that spot where they're telling themselves these stories and somehow they be, you know, a person can only behave according to how they believe. Right. So if behavior follows belief, how can people help 
to reshape the world that they're seeing through vision, because I know that is a very big part of your book is vision, you know? I mean, the, the world is full of uh, examples of remarkable people who uh, overcome, who, you know, who frankly, you know, uh, transcend, who thrive in the most unspeakable of conditions, uh, you know, from folks like, uh, you know, John McCain, uh, you know, who endured uh, unspeakable torture and, 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 you know, exhibited heroic uh, decisions and behavior, you know, as a, as a prisoner of war, uh, you know, you can go back to, you know, Nazi, uh, Holocaust, uh, concentration camps and whatnot, uh, you know, and on and on and on. You have folks uh, who you know lose limbs, uh, lose lose children, lose spouses, uh, and and yet you know we, we see people who, despite these unspeakable circumstances, uh, find meaning, find purpose, uh, even find joy, uh, and and really uh, you know connect with their best selves, right? Uh, li- live uh, live the ideal self that you know that they want. That being the case. Uh, to me, I, I, I like to think about things kind of pretty objectively and logical. I'm a, a sort of uber rationalist in a lot of ways. Okay. Maybe that comes from my math and computer science background. But uh, you know, as a logical proposition, uh, you know, you got to conclude it ain't the circumstances that dictates, uh, you know, your, your, your character, your behavior, the quality of your life. It just it, it can't be because there's, there's boundless counter, counterexamples. So, you know, what I often will, will tell folks as they reach out and we're, you know, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, folks who, who feel, as, as, as you were describing, that they're sort of stuck in a situation sort of, um, you know, beyond, beyond their control, not, uh, you know, not, not taking control over your reality, not deciding for yourself that you're going to tap into, uh, you know, all these things your mind is telling you and you're going to try to have some influence and writing your own narrative, that is itself a choice, right? That is itself a choice to live a certain life. There is no escaping choice. Um, Mm. Happiness is a choice. Success is a choice, Uh, uh, you know, and on and on and on. Um, So, you know, to me, I I think it's both liberating and it's also a tremendous responsibility to recognize that this, you know, uh, you know, not, not buying it or opting out, you know, of your role, you know, is itself, um, you know, making a choice and, 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 and creating a life for yourself. I, I, you know, I don't think it's a very good choice, but unfortunately it's a choice a tremendous uh, amount of people, uh, make these days. And I think it's because in a lot of ways it's the easiest choice. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. So, you know, one of the things that um, that I was captured by um, in uh, the description and just talking about your book, you know, how, you know, people confronting these paralyzing fears that challenge our own assumptions and faulty leaps of logic. And you, you even saying that you're kind of you're into logic, right? And it, logic is not bad, but like you said, these faulty leaps of logic with assumptions. I like to tell people assumption is the mother of all disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah. You know, and so in in doing that, what habits have you do you feel like you've built into your life to keep you from being you know getting into a paralyzing fear, um, and 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 that made you challenge these assumptions and kept you from faulty leaps of logic? And you know, what have you done? What positive habits have you put in your life to help make sure that that happens? Sure. So, so let's take, let's, let's take fear. You're, that's a great, that's a great, uh, example of, uh, of these ideas. So, you know, as you, you know, you mentioned the sort of the lizard brain or whatever, we're built to infer, predict, assume, right? We, we're, we, our brain is largely a predictive engine. We build up this vast database of experiences, things we're taught, uh, our own observations about the world, uh, lessons we get from our parents, yada, yada. And then, you know, when we confront circumstances, we largely, uh, endeavor to extend our past into our future. Well, when we confront uh, in, in times of challenge, in times of crisis, right, in times of, of change, uh, of great change, in times of the, you know, when we confront the unknown, sort of by definition, that mechanism isn't terribly useful because uh, we're confronting the unknown. And, and that's really where fear, uh, I think, uh, you know, kicks in and where, where it really does its worst. It's, a, it's just a powerfully destructive force in our lives. And what, what fear does is fear shows up and says, oh, well, I, you know, I can fill in 
the unknown here. I got some some great ideas. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me help uh, you. <laughs> yeah, hey, let me let me let me help let me help fill in for you what's going to happen here. And generally, you know, fear comes up with the most awful scenario possible. Uh, you know, in my in my in my case, when I was diagnosed with my blindness at age thirteen, I knew that blindness was going to be just the end of my life. It was going to ruin my life. Right, no more achievement, no more success, no more joy. Uh, I would never fall in love. I would never be a father, and I just I knew these things, and my life was a race against time. Right, a race for the cure, uh, a race to squeeze in as much as I could into life before I went blind. Um, these were not things that I thought. Right, I didn't think my life was that was going to be ruined. Like I, I knew it, uh, and of course I was entirely wrong. It was absolutely baseless. Right, it was lies fiction born of my fears. But, you know, again, what's, what's so pernicious is we, we can experience those fears, uh, as truth, uh, as external reality, not as, you know, internal narrative. So what, what are some of the approaches that I try to take when confronting fear, uh, for example, I mean, I guess for, first and foremost is, is a real vigilance, uh, sort of a real commitment to separate out the difference between what, what, you know, what you think, you know, uh, and what, what you don't know and you need to figure out. Hmm. And uh, generally, that second uh, bucket there uh, is, I think, is, is the most pernicious. We get ourselves into a lot of trouble uh, believing that which we think we know, which we really don't. So I, I try to get as many things as I possibly can out of that middle bucket and into one of the other two. Wow. <laughs> um, when, I'm, when I find that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious or, uh, or facing fear. Another, another quick sort of tip, I guess, or, or, or practice that I use in my life is, you know, to, to sort of perpetuate these awful, these awful realities, uh, our fears often, uh, in very, uh, uh in very, uh, devious ways, our fears can kind of keep us on the sideline, right? They kind of keep us trapped. Right. Uh, because of course, as soon as you start questioning the premise, that's when you, when you break fear spell and you, you take control. So, you know, our fear, uh, in the face of fear, I think we often, uh, cling to heroes and villains in our lives. We we want to uh, empower others uh, with you know with with control, with the ability to save us, uh, or you know we want to find targets of blame. Right, it's someone else's fault. It's our circumstances. Um, and so when I'm afraid, I, I try to uh, uh, you know search search my search my mind, search my uh, uh, my emotions for any sense that I'm identifying heroes or villains that I'm abdicating responsibility or, or outsourcing my destiny. And I really try to bring myself back to the focus of, you know, this is on me, you know, again, in every moment, the choice is mine. How do I want to live my life? Who do I want to be? And, and what can I do uh, to take control here? And often it just begins with, I, I need more information. I need to learn a lot more. Um, wow. That's so rich. You know, um, you know, saying all that is, and it's, it's very, very clear that um, this is so a part of your life and it's so internalized and, you know, it's not like you've got a bunch of rehearsed stuff. This is, this is why I knew this would be a great conversation. But the, the, the thing that I was thinking about as you were saying that, and I'm listening to you is there's, there's got to be some sort of a person's going to have to elevate the way they see themselves. They're going to have to put a little bit more attention on the fact that they're well already on the inside. Like it's there. Like underneath this lizard brain, this lower this lower brain, right? There's this person that is actually valuable, um, and so they need to see that because it can't just be the statement of affirmation alone. It's got to be, you know. Obviously, you know that's the horse, right? I, we'll just look at that as the horse pulling the buggy, and the buggy's got you in it, all the value, the richness, yes. the worth, right? And so, how do you get a person to? you know, or for, even for yourself, maybe talk about your own experience of how did you elevate your value? When did you start saying, wait a second, how am I going to start looking at myself? Because you can only see everything else according to the way that you, you know, what you're going to believe to be true about you. Is that correct? Yes, that's, that's very true. Uh, and so, you know, a couple, a couple things come to mind, <sighs> you know, <clears throat> I, I try to be crystal clear with folks. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned this being something that is that is sincere and heartfelt and sort of at the core of my life, and that is absolutely true. This is, um, you know, this is a passion project for me in a lot of ways. Writing the book and talking about it, and it's kind of a 
um, a pause from my from my from my business life um, in, all, in all candor. But um, but so I, I, I try to be crystal clear to, with folks that uh, this was not some moment where you know deep in meditation on the top of some mountain uh, a flip was switched in my mind. You know, and since then I have lived this sort of transcendental experience. Uh, I mean, far from it. This this philosophy uh, of mine, uh, this sort of vision of mine, this this is something that takes practice and, and effort, right? It's a discipline, and it's something that I consciously work at, at like every day, and 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 in actual uh, uh, you know conversations, exchanges with my children uh, as I'm making business decisions, and uh, frankly, sometimes it's pretty exhausting, and there are times when I'm not so good at it, um, you know. But over time, like anything you practice, like any discipline, uh, you get better at it. And in all events, uh, the effort is is certainly uh, worthwhile, right? I mean, ultimately, think about it. You're, you're ultimately, you're, you know, you're saying uh, to yourself, "Do, do I want to live a life of happenstance and reaction uh, and, uh, and and almost a random walk, uh, or do I want to try to design for myself a life that has is guided by some purpose uh, and some meaning and 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 some aspiration?" Yeah, and you know, if you look at it that way. Uh, I think the choice is is pretty obvious. Now, uh, the, the 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 lucky thing for 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 all of us is I I, I truly believe I'm I'm certain with you know every cell in my body that you know we're we're born with immense strength. I mean we are we're we're born um, with with just you know un, un, unimaginable uh, strength. You know this is the you know the idea behind Nietzsche's famous quote. You know what doesn't kill you make you makes you stronger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, every every moment, ev- literally every moment of our lives, you know, can yield insight and knowledge and wisdom uh, and strength. Um, so uh, it's in there. Uh, the 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 trick is uh, is often finding it or harnessing it, right? And we live in a world where we're barraged uh, by cues. Uh, that can uh, <laughs> that can lead us away from our strength, right? Cues about what our lives, quote unquote, should look like. I mean, should is an awful word. Uh, you know, what we should be doing, how we should be spending our time. Uh, you know, and uh, those those cues are both internal and external, right? We have this internal critic that says all these awful things to us, and conspires with our fears, and um, so you know, the trick is really, I think, uh, seeing seeing through a lot of the uh, uh, you know the distractions, the quieting a lot of the noise. Uh, and sort of coming back to that that core strength uh, within, um, you know, and like I said, that's that's just an ongoing discipline. It's a it's an ongoing effort. But to me, that's that's what life is. So I, I like to tell people, you know, open mind or open heart, you know, open doors, closed heart, closed doors. If you have a fixed mindset, closed doors. Oh, if you have a growth mindset, open doors. They need to both be open, the heart and the mind. And I know that that's one of the things that you are all about is living with an open heart and an open mind. How do you protect those? How do you protect your heart so that it stays open? How do you protect your mind so it stays open for growth, um, for better solutions, better options, and staying in a growth mindset so you don't have a fixed mindset? So I, I absolutely uh, love the point you make, and I and I agree with it. The, the, the last chapter of my book is called Heart Wide Open. <laughs> and, and in fact, you know, I, I, it's precisely sort of um, that idea. Uh, I think think, you know, and, uh, there's this fallacy that we have that, um, that there is such a thing as a purely logical or purely, uh, uh rational, uh, uh, you know, view, uh, of life or, or situation or, or even just sort of a modality of, of thought. And I, I just think that, uh, that's just not consistent with the human condition, right. uh, where, you know, again, we might not like it, but we are, uh, feeling, uh, emotional uh, creatures, uh, uh, you know, even our 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 our, our analytical thoughts, our certainties, uh, are colored with uh, matters of the heart, uh, with our history, with our relationships, uh, and so you know, again, you gotta you gotta deal with it. And you gotta open that heart. I, I think, for me, you know, uh, the this notion of, of of opening up your heart or being vulnerable, um, that's that's where. Uh, one of the areas of life in which, you know, again, fear does mo- does its most damage, um, or you know, does does its worst its worst damage. We 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 tend to have this um, 
this fear of failure, uh, this, this, this sort of fear of being hurt, um, this fear of looking foolish, you know, these insecurities that uh, drive us to uh, close up our hearts and, 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 and keep them hidden and, uh, hidden and guard them. And this is one of those things where, uh, you know, the, the, the medicine is, uh, is vastly worse than, uh, than the purported, uh, you know, disease. Uh, at the end of the day, the sort of Zen mind trick, as far as I see it, is to really just, just to understand that um, the, the, the downside's not that bad right? Sure, you may open your heart to someone uh, and be, be hurt by them, be misunderstood. Uh, you may endeavor to, um, you know, be, be kind to someone in a way that, that, uh, uh, that backfires. And so, but, you know, so what? <laughs> right. So, so what? Uh, and, you know, and put, put yourself out there. Uh, give as much of yourself uh, as you can. And what's incredible, it's, it's kind of like, it's the physics of the universe, right? I mean, you, the more you give of yourself, uh, the more you get back and the, the less you expect to get back, uh, the more meaningful, uh, that what you get back is. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it's almost a faith, but, uh, but you know, in my experience, ex- exactly like you said, uh, you have to have an open heart. I think that that really begins with, uh, a heart that that's open and accessible to yourself. Mm. Um, you, you cannot, uh, share your heart, uh, and some would say soul as well <clears throat> with others. Uh, if you, uh, are not, uh, willing to confront it yourself, uh, to mm. know who you are, uh, to own your emotions, um, to own your responsibility for those emotions. Uh, so it really, it really, I think begins with, uh, with an awareness of yourself. I think introspection is, Introspection, I think, is, is critical to a good life, and I think, unfortunately, it's an increasingly neglected skill in our society. Yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful in and of itself. We could have a whole we could have a whole conversation just around that. Um, I, you know, I, I believe heavily in contemplation and reflection. Um, I love to tell people nothing listens better than a blank piece of paper. Yes, and yes. then and then have a two way conversation. So write for a week, come back and reread it, and let the paper talk back to you, and so you can close the loop, you know, and really see what's been going on and see what's changed, what's shifted, you know, what what is continuing to happen um, in that process. And it's, it's getting it out there and it's you getting involved, not just what you're feeling, but your mind has to write. You have to put these things down. But then when you come back, it's not, you're not doing anything but taking back in what has come out of you. And so I like to try to get people, I mean, I know it's a simple old practice to journal, but a lot of folks <clears throat> miss out on the beauty of it because they're, they're just living with too much in their head and our brains are sending us hundreds of thousands of pieces of information constantly. And we've got to learn to dismiss the ones that are, you know, adding to the cacophony of chaos, you know. And so I like to say, hey, put cosmos, you know, to that, you know. So, like, it's amazing when you see someone look up at the sky, like, and and they can see the Big Dipper. I mean, I remember being a kid and I was like, I can't see it. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) and they're trying to show me that they're like, and they're using their finger, right? Like they can actually touch it, (laughs) you know, and they're like, right there, see that and that. And I'm sitting there and I'm going... I don't, I don't, I don't. But once I did see it, I never forgot. I remember when I was six years old and I had the opportunity at an observatory and I was able to see it. I was like six or seven, somewhere around there. And now it's like, it's burned in my brain, right? It became a part of me. And when it comes to that type of, when you said this, this whole introspection part and, and actually having some time to, you know, the openness and accessibility to yourself, um, would you not would you not say that that helps to like kind of burn that into our being? Like it really helps to emboss it. Maybe I can use that word to really put a good imprint, you know, for that um, to be a tool that we can use for moving forward. Absolutely. I completely uh, agree across the board. And I am such a huge fan of writing of the power of words (laughs) to Communicate. I mean, words are, uh, uh, they're ruthless, right? I mean, they, they have, they have meaning. There's a system of logic and grammar and, uh, they're infinitely powerful in terms of uh, their ability to convey, 
uh, ideas and thoughts and emotions or whatever. But it, it, they're also they're also in a sense uh, ruthless because you know you put them down on paper and 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 then you know you read them back and and they either uh, they either reflect what you mean uh, or they don't. And uh, for me in my life, writing has been an invaluable tool to sort out uh, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, uh, who I am, frankly. Because um, just you know, just like you said, you put something down and it, it's close, but it's not just it's not quite right, and you revisit it, you know, maybe a week later, and you say, "Man, it is amazing that I that I thought that and felt that way. What was going on, uh, you know, in that day or at that at that juncture in my life that that you know that I could write these words because they're so foreign to what I'm feeling now, and and then that you know leads to ideally the insight of well, how can how can I recognize that next time around, right? How how can I next time around see that? Um, you know, maybe it's, uh, emotions or circumstances or exhaustion, right? I mean, I think sleep is another thing that's, uh, intensely neglected in, in today's world, but you know, how, how can I recognize it and how can I, how can I change it? I'll tell you, uh, in my experience writing my book. So I, I had long wanted to write this book. It was not for me about, uh, about, you know, blindness or disability, or it was, it's really about, uh, just you know, feeling that I had been given this intense uh, blessing, this this perspective on life, and and wanting uh, others, others to have it. Frankly, above all else, wanting my, my children, um, you know, someday to read the book and uh, and uh, sort of have my best effort at explaining to them uh, the way I've chosen to live my life and and, and what I'd love for them. Um, so you know, you, you say, okay, this is great. I'm going to sit down and write this book, and I'm going to just you know bang out you know what happened in my life and what I felt and how I learned, but. Man, I, I could not have anticipated uh, the intensity of the experience. <laughs> just, just, just writing things, and if you're, you know, if you're committed to uh, to getting it right, to really, you know, conveying uh, with with depth, uh, with clarity, and with sincerity, kind of what's going on in your head. I mean, that process is so rich, and 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 I found myself, you know, essentially having to relive uh, chapters of my life, periods of my life that felt. Uh, long gone and locked away and, 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 uh, and, you know, overcome mission accomplished, so to speak. But, uh, you know, you go back to relive them, to, 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 to write it up and all of a sudden, you know, there you are again, confronting the, the fear, the anxiety, the, you know, the, the sense of loss, the insecurities, you know, what, whatever it is. So I know I'm rambling here, but I just, I'm a lover of words and writing and reading. And I think journaling is an awesome idea. Well, um, let me ask you this with that, how, you know, because I'm, I'm like you, I think words are important. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not Mr. Grammar or anything like that. I'm (laughs) I'm working on a book right now that, uh, hopefully I'll have done by the end of this year. And, um, and it's, you know, it's a very interesting topic that I want to try to tackle. But one of the things that I find in writing, um, it's it, it's amazing how it helps you even when you're communicating with people just in general, just just the way you communicate, word choice, word selection. Um, you know, it's like looking at someone and saying, hey, your attitude stinks, right? Or you could say, hey, your disposition seems to be off. You know, you, you're able to, oh. you're, you know, you're able to like work better and navigate conversations better. How has, how has that discipline helped you in situations that have been great for communication and the ones that you're like, this is going to be a tough conversation? <laughs> well, uh, so there's there, there's there's a, there's a I have a lot I have a lot to say on the subject of, uh, <laughs> of communication between human beings and, and, and words and all this stuff and whatever I, I'm I'm trying to, to to keep it relevant. So, <laughs> you know, I, I guess at bottom I I make the argument um, that in a sense we tend to try to speak to others uh, like we're lawyers, uh, and we tend to try to listen. Uh, or we tend to listen to others uh, like we're five-year-olds. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I argue that what we need is the exact opposite. We need to do our best to, to speak to others uh, like a five-year-old would speak uh, with, with the true intention of conveying uh, meaning with clarity and sincerity. Uh, and that, you know, we, we do a better job to, to, to listen more like lawyers, uh, which is, uh, you know, to listen uh, critically and analytically, to listen with a focus on understanding uh, what that person over there, the other, uh, who, who will never, we will never truly understand, uh, but we can certainly try. So, you know, you, you listen, uh, analytically with, with an eye towards what, what, what are they endeavoring to convey? Where are they coming from? 
What is the meaning? Um, you know, and by the way, uh, ask a ton of questions when you're, when you're not clear, uh, you know, seek clarification uh, in that, in that vein, I have a, there's a, a line I use all the time, all the time, I probably use it on a daily basis, but I, I like to say to folks, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to explain this to me. Like I'm like, I'm a five-year-old, you know, again, back to that <laughs> five-year-old. And of course, what I'm really saying is please stop talking like a lawyer. And I want you to talk like a five-year-old. Like, wh- what are you actually trying to tell me? Right. Um, but, but yeah, again, you know, it's, it's the same, it's the same, uh, same problem in a different form, right? There's all these, uh, insecurities, our internal critics, there's all these things going, you know, in the workplace, for example, we, so we're so focused on, you know, trying to impress people or, you know, trying not to be, you know, the, the one to be blamed for problems or, you know, career. And it, it's just, there's this, there's this chaotic circus that, uh, uh, it's so counterproductive, right? All we're looking for is, is connection and transfer of information and, and meaning. And uh, we go about it uh, all wrong too often, unfortunately. No, that's, I love that, especially the, and just, I'll give you credit for it, but I'm definitely going to pickpocket you on that one. On these, you know, people are speaking like lawyers and listening like five years old, five year olds, and they need to flip that. Need so to flip it. I'm play, yeah, they got to flip that. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, I got one, um, I got a couple more questions for you, but sure. one thing that was stated when I read through, um, once again, the, 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 um, the premise of the book and and some of the details about the book, but I love this coupling that you have confronting life's trials with initiative, humor, grace, and empowering new vision. Talk a little bit more about that because I love that. I mean, I just think it's great initiative, you know, humor, grace, you know, and empowering new vision. Can you give a piece of each of those? Like, you know, how it's helpful. So initiative, how is it helpful? Humor, grace, and empowering. Like, what is your take on each of those and how they help when you're confronting life's trials? Sure. You know, so, you know, again, at the, at the end of the day, uh, it really ain't all that complicated, right? Who, who do you want to be? How do you want to live your life? How do you want to spend your time? Is legacy important to you? What does legacy mean? Uh, what do you want to teach your children? And on and on and on. These are these are big questions, and it's easy to roll your eyes and say, yeah, yeah, whatever. I got to get to work this morning. Um, but you're answering those questions with every minute uh, you're here. Uh, so initiative, I guess, you know, is more about, um, you know, uh, just that, uh, you know, realizing that, that these are the questions uh, we get to answer and we have to answer. Uh, and there's no time like right now uh, to start figuring that out for yourself. Because, you know, I truly believe that uh, uh, if you haven't sort of defined success, and I mean success, you know, success in the joy of your children, success, you know, whatever success means to you and value and all that. If you haven't defined that for yourself, then, you know, uh, you're largely lost, right? Because effort without purpose is, is, is entropy, right? It's just, it's, it's noise. So, you know, I guess maybe that's kind of a, in a nutshell what I mean on the initial side. Humor, you know, <sighs> Your life is going to go by whether you like it or not. Like today is going to happen. Like time will roll by. You might as well enjoy it. Uh, you really might as well enjoy it. And humor is such a wonderful thing. You know, everything's funny, right? Life blindness is, is funny. I, you know, I get in all sorts of circumstances uh, on a daily basis. I assure you that can either be immensely frustrating uh, and and painful and and you know whatever, uh, and take me away from people. Or they can just be funny, and it just it just is, right? So right. I think we, we 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 do ourselves a tremendous disservice by taking ourselves uh, so seriously in life. Uh, people are just people, right? It's like you know everyone puts their pants on one leg at a time, and you know we're all just human beings at the end of the day. And and again, you might as well uh, enjoy it. Grace is, I think, grace is key. I don't think you can do any of those things without a fundamental recognition of how. Uh, you know, uh, immensely blessed uh, you are uh, to be here. I mean, if you are uh, living in a, uh, you know, uh, middle class uh, family uh, in America, uh, just as an objective matter, you you are uh, doing better than, you know, 95% of the world right off the bat, right? Right. Uh, uh, and then, you know, there's 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 blessings, there's uh, so much we have to be to be thankful for and to enjoy. But it's a, uh, it would would you say it's also not just grace received but grace given? 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, because it's that whole idea of, you know, um, uh, there before the grace of God, you know, I go uh, kind of thing. Um, we're so, unfortunately, I feel like our society is kind of moving more in this direction as opposed to less in this direction. But we're, we're, we are so quick to judge and seem to overlook uh, seem to overlook the effort to understand. And, uh, you know, there, there, I think judgment is, is the sort of the unequivocal, uh, evil. Um, but, uh, but so, you know, so that's, that's, that's grace. And, um, what was the last one? Oh, empowering. Empowering for, yeah. Empowering new vision. Yeah. Be, yeah look, I mean, you could sit at home and, you know, hate, your boss and your colleagues and be upset with your parents and be, you know, be upset with your parents and, you know, you, 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 your neighbor you never had a chance to go to a good school. Yeah. You know, all your problems are your neighbor. I mean, and, and the, your life can be happening to you. And, you know, if that's, and you're just, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're along for the ride or, or you can decide, you know, right now, today, this moment, my life is what I make of it. Right. Uh, I have ultimate agency over, Every thought, every emotion, uh, every action, and uh, it's amazing. So uh, I'm going to, you know, get to it and and try to live the life I want for myself. Those are great. Th- those are really good. I-, I know my listeners will love this. This is wonderful. Um, l- let me let me ask you. Uh, what's a you know the the show is called Uphill Conversations, and I let everyone know that you know you can't go uphill with a downhill habit, and anything worth having is uphill, right? So your current condition can't match your emerging future. They don't match. If it was, then you would already be there. So you're going to have to figure some things out. But anything worth having, you're going to have to go uphill. It's going to take work. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be happy about it. Sometimes you're going to get tired. You know, you need ride-along partners, people that can go with you. You have to draft on them. They draft on you. I mean, it's just you got to figure out what's going on to get up there, right? You have to have a real plan. That's why the Tour de France, they give the guy a yellow jersey, you know, who wins that climb. You know, there's like it's an important thing. And we're all in stages. And life is going to be like that. And there's really no coasting. And if you are coasting, I'd be a little nervous, right? So, <laughs> yes. so what uphill challenge have you recently had in your life that you overcome and how'd you, and how'd you do it? You know, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I, I'm a firm believer in everything you said. I, I, I like to look at it as, uh, there's very, there are very, very few things in life worth doing that are easy. Uh, and that's just part of the human condition. Um, so have I had uphill challenges and struggles? No doubt. I mean, uh, losing my sight from 13 to 25 and, uh, figuring out how to live the life I wanted for myself, despite that was, was a big challenge. Uh, my wife, uh, Dorothy and I, we had the, the biggest challenge in my life without question is, um, um, Dorothy, um, naturally conceived, uh, triplets, wow. uh, which is a very, yeah, which is a. And that turns out to be a very high risk and complicated pregnancy. And um, suffice it to say, uh, it was it was a very intense uh, pregnancy. And there was there was a debate among the doctors whether we should eliminate or reduce one of the children. And, and Dorothy wound up being on bed rest uh, for a month. And the kids were in the uh, neonatal intensive care unit for seventy days. And it was it was literally uh, you know life or death for 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 much of that time, uh, or at the very least. Um, some, some intense sort of questions about the quality of life uh, that our children might experience. And, you know, day in and day out, that was, uh, I guess that was the biggest task by far of my, uh, of my philosophy, kind of putting my, uh, I guess putting my <laughs> money where my mouth is, so to speak, was, was, was particularly diff- difficult. But I, I, I'm pleased to report uh, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the proof of concept was sound. Um, I did, you know, endeavor on a daily basis, uh, as we've talked about, to uh, to really focus on uh, that which was within my control, uh, what I could do to, uh, uh, you know, uh, advance, uh, you know, the, the best outcome for my family, while at the same time having the, the grace to understand that uh, there are matters, you know, that are not within my control, and um, you know, and there's 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 beauty and blessing in 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 all of life. So. Uh, I guess that was the biggest challenge I've, I've been through. That's great. You know, um, I, I like to use a quote that adversity 
reveals who you truly are and not who you say you are. And, and it sounds like you were able to, once again, it's proof of concept, right? Theories are great, but evidence is better. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. No. Well, and my last question for you is what are three things that you are optimistic about over the next 12 months that can be personal or professional? Three things that I'm optimistic about over the next 12 months. Well, uh, first and foremost, I think, uh, my, my family's in a great spot. My kids, uh, the triplets are doing great. They have a, they're seven now and they have a two year old baby sister. We're, we're very much looking forward to the, the summer and all kinds of plans. So the family's in a great spot. I think we're just gonna have a lot of fun together. Uh, I'm launching a new business, uh, which is very exciting. I'm, I'm kind of returning to my internet advertising technology roots, uh, and partnering up with some folks to, uh, to develop a new technology infrastructure to to power digital marketing. Uh, using blockchain and other technologies. That's that's something I'm super excited about. And uh, and what else? What else is happening uh, in the next 12 months? No, just you know, more of this. I'm blessed. Uh, the book was well received. Uh, I did a TED talk, which was well received. And as a result, I get the opportunity to travel uh, all over the world, speaking to corporations and organizations uh, about this eyes wide open vision. And uh, I got a lot more of that on the books for for the coming uh, 12 months. And I enjoy it. I find it just tremendously rewarding. That's awesome. That's so good. What's the um, what's the best place uh, you like people to find you? Like, if there was one central location that collects it all, or do you have two places you like them to go? What, what, where would you send them? No, it's, it's super easy. So the best place is just my my website, uh, which is just my last name dot com, which is Litsky. L is in Larry. I D is in David. S is in Sam. K Y uh, dot com. There's a Info on the book there, the TED Talk. Uh, I have a blog and a podcast, and so that's the place to go. I the one request I always make is if you do go there, I would really, really appreciate it if you would let me know what uh, what you think about you know this interview or the book or anything else. Or um, uh, I, you know this is, again is really a labor of love for me. There's great wisdom in communities, and and I, I want to hear from you. So if you do drop on the website, please let me know what you think. I read I read every single submission. Um, and, and find great value in them. That's great, man. I love, I love your, uh, your servant heart. I can tell you're a servant leader and there is a big difference, <laughs> you know, for what people think leadership is, but I can just see it in you. And, uh, I, I, I have a shorthand for servant leader. I just call them leaders. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Well, this man, I've really enjoyed talking with you. We'll have to do a round two. I'll have to get you back in, um, you know, sometime uh, end of the year, first of the next year. And, and especially when you launch this business and I'm, I'm very, especially around the blockchain stuff. I think that is really cool. Um, but, uh, but man, thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And I, I look forward to talking again. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more, and have more. Your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. Your current condition does not match your emerging future and never will. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, you will see people like me and Mr. Litsky on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.